0: it's um the podcast we're back baby it's yeah this is a, a, a an episode of the hero's path yeah
1: or like and, episode zero of us i guess covering this game completely uh,
0: in three years yeah. four years five years how long yeah.
1: after the original game did we do that <laughs> it was like four years after i think
0: I, um, I'm very enamored of the idea of this being episode 90-something or whatever of one (laughs) podcast and episode zero of a different podcast simultaneously. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, Heroes Path. Hey, there's a new, uh, they made a sequel to Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah. It's called. uh, it's called. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2. But And it's about (laughs) this. The
1: the guy from uh, Super Metroid. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, did you see how, um, when Betwoon's babies fly out, they write out like, I love Kimiko in cursive or something like that? I did not know that. That's very good. Um, I'm getting the details wrong, but, uh, yeah, that's a thing that the, the one of the programmers snuck in there and was super nervous about <laughs> at the time. <laughs> And then, you know, 30 years later, he's able to say, yeah, I, my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> not even.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, not even uh, he, that but...
0: relationship I don't think is any more in evidence, but it's immortalized in the code of Super Metroid, which is the game we're here to talk about today on Metroid podcast. Yeah, we're going to come up with a better name than Metroid.
1: Yeah, podcast. it's a work in progress. Uh, no, so the video game Tears of the Kingdom came out. Uh, I got it ryan got it uh presumably like 700 million people have gotten it i think by my estimation
0: um based on what
1: so i went uh, i went in person into the physical realm to go pick up a copy last night at my local game store and there I, i i don't go to a lot of these it's been probably two decades since i've gone to a like release thing the mm-hmm. uh, only reason I went is because they did it at 9pm Because if it was at midnight, I would have been asleep Sure uh, I'm old now, I can't do that Anyway Yeah, I had, yeah, we get it Back in the day, I went to a few of these And they had, you know, somewhat of a crowd I, By my count, there were probably 250 to 300 people Wow it, it, Total at this game store Which is not even a particularly good game store Uh Oh, if they're not particularly good,
0: maybe you should share their name on the podcast.
1: I mean, it's a GameStop, but like I I have opinions on quality of game stores. Okay. That is not important. Anyway, a lot of people bought this game, including Ryan and I.
0: Yeah. Now, I pre-ordered it or no, my very nice wife pre-ordered it for me for my birthday. Yeah. Um, over here in Australia and um I don't think we had, because it's a smaller community, there wasn't as much of a big thing. Um, but like when I called in the morning, they they had to... So it's EB Games in Australia, and I think that this particular franchise didn't really need to open early, but EB Games Corporate said, okay, guys, for the release of Birth of the Wild 2 everyone's going to open at 8am instead of whatever. Um, And I called in and they seemed kind of busy early in the morning, but I didn't get to see like what the crowd was or if there were people lining up outside. Uh, I kind of doubt it based on where I live anyway. uh, Let's talk about pre-order bonuses. I got this luggage tag. It's made out of pleather and it has the logo of the game embossed in it. debossed in it
1: i think i was entitled to get a like wood etching or something i have not seen one of these in person presumably people that got there earlier than i did got one but sure um, i also didn't like care
0: well and the wood etching is hard to get excited about like it's a piece of wood that you put on your desk or whatever something like that okay this is a luggage tag You can attach this to your luggage. And then at the baggage carousel, everyone's like, whoa, that guy plays Zelda. Actually, they don't because it's hard to tell from a distance that it's a Zelda logo.
1: But when you're in a situation where you have identical luggage to somebody, you're going to be like, oh, but hang on. I got all the Koroks, so this
0: is my luggage, see? Ah, No, I wouldn't want to use that prize to identify my luggage. Oh, I see. Anyway, um, I wanted to do a podcast about our first impressions of this game, but I wanted them to be, like, really first impressions. I wanted us to stop playing before we got to anything good and then talk about, like... Because I I don't I didn't want to get so far into the game that like we have actual opinions and then we voice those opinions and it's this kind of thing where if you play five more hours or whatever, then you find out what's really going on in the game and yeah. your opinions were stupid all along. Right. Um, I thought it was more fun to go with really, really superficial opinions. I think we may have gone a little too far for that, but we'll find out.
1: uh Yeah, I... I kind of i i i played a little bit more and urged Ryan to play a little bit more and I feel pretty okay with that choice, uh, in that I did want to like, well we'll talk about it. But the first you know twenty minutes of the game isn't really playing much of the game, and so I wanted to put a little bit of hands on the game and see what's going on.
0: Yeah, and so- it's fine. It's fine. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, the. Opening scene.
1: Oh, I want to complain before we oh. get there. Oh boy! That I get annoyed at Nintendo Switch first party games about how you just jump straight into the game when you load it, and you don't go to a menu. Oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like it. What's wrong? I want to. I want to see a menu. It's a video game. I have to go to the menu.
0: But they're trying very hard with this game in particular, and with other games, to do a cinematic experience. They're trying to make a little movie for you to watch before you do stupid video game stuff. I didn't buy a movie. I bought a video game. You're going to play a video game, but they want it to be a cool video game, like a movie. Mm. Um, No, you don't get a menu. You get little white letters on black background. Nintendo presents. The Legend of Zelda. Tears of the Kingdom. And then we do some raiders of the lost ark stuff yeah uh there is uh I, well okay wait who is this podcast for don't listen to this podcast if you're not playing the game because it's not our job to just say what happens in the game we're gonna have an opinion about it we're going to analyze it right yeah uh it's okay
1: we're in an interesting position because there are people that Listen to podcasts that we do that have not played this game and are not going to listen to this podcast until they play this game. Yeah. And then the rest of the people probably have already played more of this game than either of us have combined. So yeah. they're going to be getting our opinions on stuff that they saw, you know, t- 10 hours ago. Oh, to poor people. And they're going to laugh at our, like, we're going to make some weird assertion and they're going to be like, okay. oh, Ryan and Zach don't even know what they're talking about, which is pretty good.
0: Okay, if we can do that, then this will be worth it. Um, It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Link and Zelda are descending into the bowels of the ground beneath Hyrule Castle, these ruins. And um, it's a... It's the video game thing of an NPC is walking slowly, and you are following that NPC. And it's... Very cool, like, pacing exposition stuff. I guess it's arguably, like, played out in video games, but they execute it so well. Partly because the environment is really good. And Zelda is there. It's like, the other thing is, how much do I want to talk about this? The, I mean,
1: don't limit yourself.
0: I won't limit myself. The this is a game that people have been looking forward to forever. We've all seen like the very 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 first trailer where um, Mummy Ganon is gonna get up and like Zelda is gonna fall down or whatever. Like we've known that for years. Years, yeah. Um, so this part of the game is to a certain extent playing on the hype and like playing with your knowledge of what's going to happen and of course even if you hadn't seen those trailers or previews or snippets um the just your like genre awareness tells you that like zelda's not going to have an entirely good time exploring these creepy ruins um but so they do a great job of creating a sense of dread but yeah. also doing an amount of exposition
1: as you get further down uh the catacombs feel especially claustrophobic in a way that i was like actually like oh this sucks <laughs> this feels there bad is, to me down here
0: <laughs> for one thing there's there's a moment where zelda says we'd better keep going and you can see the camera points down this hallway, and you can see a little trace of like red, like blood moon stuff. And you're like, but there's a bad thing down there. You're where can't can't you see that the evil thing is down there? And it's it's really good because that turns out to be just a piece of atmosphere. It's not like the monster is right there, and you're seeing it from a distance. Um, it's just it's it's really using all the the like features of video games that normally you have to work around or just live with uh this sequence has managed to really like leverage some of that video game stupidness in order to add to the whole experience and yeah are the the part where you have to go down a really long tunnel and it just goes down, down, down for a while. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. It sucks. It's amazing. I I don't play a lot of, like, modern games, so I don't know how common it is to execute that kind of experience, but it was, like... It goes on for so long, and they make the camera not difficult to use, but really unfriendly. Like I kept on trying to move the camera to give me a little... Because I wanted to look around the corners and see what was up ahead, Mm. but the camera would not let me do that. So it was fantastic. Um, And also just the way the environment is designed... You really get the sense of you're, like, in ruins for a while, and then for a while you're just in the guts of the earth. Yeah. And then there's more ruins, and then there's more, like, completely primordial rock. It's
1: yeah. It's awesome. There's definitely, like, a ruin segment, and then as you get closer, it feels like you're going through, like, where somebody, or something tunneled. Yeah. And then towards the very end, we'll we'll go back up in a second, but towards the very end... There's, like, a set of, like, what were probably doors or passageways that look like they've been blown out a little bit, which has me very concerned. It's cool. Uh, but, uh,
0: but you wanted to go back up. There's plot back up. Oh, yeah, there was a plot um, where it's pretty cool. Uh, the, the, yeah, another good use of video game language is you get into a room and there's some keys and you have to kill the keys. And then Zelda comes in and uh, starts expositing and the, like you could have done this with just you walk into the room and uh, cut scene time. Zelda starts looking at the murals and talking, but because you finished a task by killing all the keys um, it feels much more natural for the cutscene to happen after that because you actually did something, there can be a transition. And Zelda starts out by saying, hey, are, are you hurt? Um, she doesn't get that you are a god with 32 hearts.
1: I did laugh at and... that specifically because for that reason.
0: <laughs> and, um, and then the scene can very organically and not in like a jarring way move on to zelda describes some murals
1: yeah we get uh murals that we've seen in like preview stuff and she kind of explains some stuff as best as she can because in this instance she is doing some speculation about the nature of the secret backstory to hyrule yeah that i'm sure in the process of playing the game for 100 hours we'll know all about eventually So Mm -hmm. shout outs to people in the future listening to us speculate and get it all wrong.
0: Uh, It's presented in a way that, you know, like when the smart character says this mural must depict this. I don't think she's going to turn out to be wrong. And it's actually a mural of the good moblins attacking the evil Hylians. Oh, sure. The Ega clan. Um, But uh, there's a demon king. There's also the Zonai. We should point out, uh it's it's dumb, but like everyone was guessing that the Zonai would be a thing in this game, and uh in the first five minutes she says this must be some Zonai stuff. Yeah. And so good job, everyone, for guessing that.
1: That was kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah. Um I'm very interested to see what pans out with the Zonai stuff, because Well, there's a lot going on. Like Zelda, I mean, where do I start? Breath of the Wild is a game that will make pulls from previous Zelda stuff when it feels like, but also felt not beholden to that stuff in any real material way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that they were kind of just forging their own ground. And a lot of the plot stuff here starts to make pulls that feel more direct. And I don't know if that's actually going to pan out that these are actual direct like, references to previous Zelda events, or if this is just them continuing that and using, like, terms and ideas from previous Zelda but in a new novel way.
0: Well, here's what's going on for me. It's worth pointing out that in Breath of the Wild, the first thing that happens in the game is Zelda tells you to wake up, and now you run around, you do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Yeah here um and and the storytelling of the game was like grew out of that as you're gonna run around and do whatever you want and sometimes you're going to see something about the backstory like the the well enough ink has been spilled on the storytelling in breath of the wild here just by having you walk through this long cut scene where zelda speculates about what carvings mean they are establishing we're not doing the story that way this time there's going to be a concrete set of facts that you're going to discover and you're going to do normal video game story stuff and there's going to be a bunch of lore with a bunch of proper nouns in a way that breath of the wild didn't want to do and people said that breath of the wild didn't have a good story for that reason mm. um so I, just like the method of presentation in this opening sequence is I think again, kind of speaking to people's beliefs or like speaking to the discourse about breath of the wild and trying to say, well, here's how we're doing it this time. And then when, uh, you get this, all these murals and these proper nouns and you talk about a demon King and an imprisoning war, Mm. it seems to be, um, like fan service is perhaps the best word or at least the first word that springs to mind trying to tell the that nerdy player who wanted more of this timeline stuff well you're going to get it and that, you're right we're we're not sure if it's the imprisoning war that we've been thinking about for 30 years um but you know yeah, it's it's definitely pointed that way
1: that's where i'm at with a lot of this is i'm like Waiting to see which way it drops, because mm-hmm. when she says the imprisoning war, I say, now, wait a second. You can't just throw that term out there. <laughs> that means well, something. And I'm I'm curious to see if it means the same thing that it used to mean or if it means something else in whatever version of Hyrule we're in now.
0: Yes, I think that this version of Hyrule has proven that it's happy to... Uh, throw away all the stuff that we believe we know from the official timeline. And, but like, and so it might be along that course, or it might be in the same way that the storytelling method has been changed. It might be, well, we're going to change our approach to canon, and we're going to give you the like placement within the timeline that you want, uh, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, maybe. It, it can break either way, and I'm very, can, yeah. very curious to see which way it breaks. Because there's a lot of tidbits that get dropped here where I'm like, r- immediately the, the, the gears start turning, and I'm like, okay, how can I fit all this together? We've got mm-hmm. the Zoni now are this most ancient culture that helped co-found Hyrule, and we've kind of seen that in other games before. Does that mean that they were around uh, in my head, I've spun the idea that are are the zoni? Are we gonna run into zoni named Din, Faror, and Nehru?
0: Interesting.
1: Are we? Is that what? Is that where this is going? Are we about to run into uh, the the characters that we just assumed were far off golden gods, and they're actually just chilling somewhere?
0: That's a cool theory. It's and, cool to be able to have that theory because we're <laughs> talking about this game after playing it for an hour.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's where my head is with a lot of this stuff. Is I'm just, and, like, you know, the zone I – a lot of the, the – there's a specific piece of architecture that shows up. There's this lamp that's, like, egg-shaped. And I'm like, oh, does that mean they're the Uka? <laughs> like, <laughs> is, is this all going to connect? And, like, I know that's, like, you know, decades of timeline nonsense that is eaten away at part of my brain. Mm-hmm. uh And so I acknowledge that and think that, okay, it's probably not going to be any of that. It'll probably be its own separate thing, like always. There are, like, the Zonai are now maybe the fourth different tribe that has lived in the skies of Hyrule. (laughs) Like, maybe they'll actually do some crazy backriding and say that they're all actually one and, like, substantiate that. But probably not. Probably not. So... I, I it will break one way or the other, and I'm very curious to see which way. And I'm fine with either way. But until then, I'm going to be running conspiracy theories in my head for the
0: next yeah 100 hours. I think both of those options are exciting for different reasons. Yeah. Um. And you know there might be a third less exciting thing that happens that I can't think of because I
1: the uh, the other thing that could happen that I we we didn't do a preview like a like a predictions podcast. Um, cause we were kind of like, no, nah, we don't need that. But in the like pre-release stuff for the game, before I had like mechanical stuff to chew on, I was thinking about what you do with the story, like a modern Zelda story. And I could see them doing something like meta textual as if to say like, oh, well, this isn't true Hyrule. It's some sort of simulacrum of Hyrule. And by the end of it, we're going to reset the world or something like that. Like, what if this? Yeah, you is... were talking
0: to me about that. I remember, and I remember never really understanding what you meant.
1: I just, I, I've seen a lot of like fiction where, when you kind of run out of runway, you can take off into this mode of storytelling where it's like, well, nothing's left to do except to reset the world or like mm, reveal that yeah. the world was fake all along, and like, so I, I, I've, I've got. Thought I thoughts here and there about that, like maybe this is where this ends up. This isn't actually the High Rule of Ocarina of Time. It's some sort of other High Rule, or like we're in the Sacred World all along, or something.
0: Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, the thing is, normally the narratives that have to incorporate a meta reset into the canon are those that were already like, super invested in their own canon to begin with. Exactly, yeah. Um, Comic books have to do that because the people writing the comic books actually care about the timeline, so to speak. But uh, up to this point, the Zelda franchise has demonstrated that it doesn't actually care about that, and it's happy to have contradictions and weird doublings that don't need to be explained or explained away
1: yep so i don't think i don't i don't think it'll be that but they've given me just enough rope to hang myself with on this Mm. so i am happy to do that okay uh i forget where we were uh oh and then there's like
0: go ahead Uh, no you say it you're gonna say the same thing
1: there's obviously sections of the mural that are blocked off by extremely bombable rocks yes uh which link doesn't comment on because he's being polite to zelda which he shouldn't have because he probably could have bombed those and we could have. no he can't well he doesn't have a slate
0: he doesn't have the slate i was like oh they're doing the metroid thing kind of of here is strong link and then he's gonna get blown up and get all his powers taken away and it struck me that they didn't do that with his Sheikah Slate powers, but they don't have to because he just isn't carrying the slate.
1: He left everything um, at
0: home. Except the Master Sword. Except
1: the Master Sword. He's like, it's all Which, I need. It's
0: fine. It's kind of wild that he just holds on to the Master Sword and takes it with Zelda on this archaeological expedition. He must have some intuition that <laughs> bad stuff's going to go down. Well, they talk about,
1: they, they talk about they talk about how... Like, there's been, like, a foul energy coming from these tombs. That's true.
0: Um, no, so the, the Bomb of ball thing is another case of them using video game language to great effect. Because yeah. Because it immediately makes you, A, want to use your bombs, know that you don't have your bombs, whoops. And then, B, you're like, okay, well, then I will come back here later and uncover the thing and um that's a kind of uh like storytelling relying on engagement with the like the audience engagement with the form but also the kind of thing that other media can't do um the (laughs) movies and tv can't rely on the uh (laughs) the audience's knowledge of mechanics to know, oh, well, I must be able to do something with that later. Mm. Or they can in different, less interesting ways without bombs. Yeah. And then we walk down some more stairs and it gets really creepy and the music is very creepy. And the music gets more intensely creepy. Uh, did you try either walking like back toward the entrance or running ahead of Zelda?
1: I all? immediately, upon loading in, tried to go back out. Okay. And she just says, "Oh, where are you going? We're we're doing a thing right now." Okay. I did not try uh, running ahead. I was being polite on that end, but Yeah. I assume you um, have to be able to run ahead and just trigger the next cutscene because otherwise speedrunners are going to hate this part.
0: Well, I don't think that there's any guarantee that speedrunners won't hate this part. Fair. Um Or speedrunners will hate this part until they figure out that by, like, running (laughs) into a wall long enough, you can zoop down to the room at the end.
1: Oh, I can't wait to flash forward six months and see how broken this game is. I'm so excited.
0: The, um, the one other thing we should probably mention is the way Link holds Zelda's torch so she can snap some pictures of the murals. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I'll use that for evidence of my ship on live journal. I'll say, see? They're meant to be. He holds her torch like a good insta boyfriend. That's right. Anyway, then you go down to the the death zone. Yeah. Where the magic arm is holding down Mummy Gannon. Mummy Gannon. There Ganon, he dork. is. We found him. And um the, the one thing I think is kind of interesting, besides, like, most of this being a foregone conclusion, right, um, is that Link and Zelda's arrival seems to cause the arm to fall down. Like, there's no good reason for the arm to stop holding Ganondorf down at that exact moment, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I, I took it that this was going to happen soon anyways, and them arriving just caused it to happen either from like a the air pressure changed or a the plot said oh no now's the perfect time to do this
0: yeah um and then mummy ganondorf wakes up and he's pretty creepy but he's creepy in the way that we've already seen you know he I, talks which is cool
1: when he talks is creepy because i would have expected him just to go like uh, until he became hot ganondorf
0: And he, (laughs) Um, that's non-canon. He recognizes Link and Zelda, which is cool because it's doing, you know, it's acknowledging the timeline thing. And um, and then he name checks Rauru. Yeah.
1: And then you're going to talk
0: about this for a while.
1: I went on a journey when he said the name Raru. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, he comes to and he he Im- immediately recognizes Zelda and then looks over at Link and he says, oh, that means you're Link then. Okay, got it. You're not
0: wearing green.
1: This is after... Oh, and then at, at this point you had already took a swing at him with the Master Sword. The Master Sword breaks, but a chunk of it slices Mummy Dwarf in the cheek. Mm -hmm. and he's like "Ugh, you haven't tempered that thing yet that can't do anything to me (laughs) um and then he says oh is this what raru's plan was or whatever and i that that took me out of it entirely because i'm like is he talking is he talking about is that is this is this ganondorf post ocarina of time like directly after how does that work how could that possibly work Mm. um and i like immediately stopped playing the game after this for like 12 hours so i was like (laughs) for 12 hours in (laughs) this i'm like i'm like oh did they just flip the turn turn the book on us and now we're actually directly engaging with ocarina of time in a way that we haven't really for this game but we'll come
0: back to it um You know what? I'd like to get your opinion on something because I tried to look this up okay. last night and then it was there's too many spoilers online if you Google Imprisoning War. Oh, right? it's
1: bad out there right now. I've got half of everybody I know silenced
0: right now. So I, I just want to... The Imprisoning War is eventually, or initially referred to in the lore for Link to the Past, right?
1: Correct. It's the backstory to Link to the Past that... In the past, the thief Ganondorf got away into the Sacred Realm, got the Triforce, and then the Sages and the Knights of Hyrule united to seal him up in there to keep him out of everybody's business for until the events of Link to the Past. Okay. And then Ocarina of Time came out and kinda is that set of events, but slightly differently because of the Triforce isn't entirely... At that point, the Triforce is separate in three instead of being just all in the Sacred Realm. And that's always been a glaring contradiction that is part of the reason we have timeline conjecture in the first place.
0: Okay. All right. Because... Yeah, I was never... um... Well, whatever. Okay, so the, the Imprisoning War could be said to describe either events referred to in link to the past that we've never seen or it could be that they're when people talk about the imprisoning war they're talking about the events of ocarina of time or they could be talking about some other thing here's something we missed when we were talking about the mural zelda says that the this war was fought against the demon king and she sees the the demon king in the mural it's a big ganondorf guy and she doesn't understand that that's the same guy as Ganon, who we were fighting against the whole previous game. Yeah. Um. Which is kind of weird and kind of halfway or like butts up against, if not contradicts, what uh, Urbosa says in the final battle of Breath of the Wild, where she says that the... Calamity Ganon took the form of a Gerudo guy at one point. That If might... Urbosa knows that, then, like, Zelda, kind of, you would think, should recognize that this Ganondorf guy, or that this, the Demon King guy, should be that other guy.
1: They play up in, like, the when you talk to Zelda a whole bunch on your way down here, the idea that all of this knowledge is like lost and specifically suppressed where like she would ask king rome about this and he'd say don't ask we're not supposed to know and so i can believe that she would not know this
0: that's interesting i didn't i didn't talk to him very or talk to zelda very much but i uh i i just saw like the first four little things she says i think but you're right she she it is supposed to be. Anyway, let's go back down to the zone. The death zone. Yeah. Um, Ganondorf messes with you. He uh, <laughs> um, he, picks up the castle. He's going to do the Paper Mario thing and make the castle go into the sky. And um, the resultant quakes cause a big fissure to open behind... Zelda, and she falls in, and Link is going to try and grab her with his devil arm. And this is was the moment that, like, the the cliffhanger of all the stuff we've seen up to this point, right? Um, yeah, basically. And we're like, Zelda's falling down. Link, are you going to be able to catch her? No, Link can't catch her. Fortunately, Zelda activates her parachute, and instead of falling to her death, she just turns into light and disappears so she's going to be fine well, kind of an anti
1: she grabbed when mummy dwarf gets loose a what i have to assume is a tear of the kingdom falls down and oh, she picks yeah. and she picks that up so that she's got tear powers that are letting her teleport now which is well it looked her. like
0: it could be her triforce power that she had at the end oh of that's true of the wild. she does
1: and she also yeah also she is all powerful now yeah so there is that
0: that's why she asks Link if he's hurt after he fights some bats, because she th- thinks of him as a mere mortal. Yeah, exactly. And um, what actually happens to Link after that?
1: I think it just cuts away, and then we okay. get the opening of the next part. Yeah. I don't think there's a middle. We see a whole bunch of, like, earthquake footage, but there's yeah. nothing, like, to talk about there that I can think of.
0: Uh, Lingwick is up in a cave, and a voice says, I had to replace your arm. And I thought, oh, it's like Eslo. Right?
1: I. Well, I-, I thought this was Raru. Uh, um, because of the previous conversation where he name drops Raru. And I was, I was not
0: of... thinking it was Raru at this point, I, I wasn't exactly thinking it was ezlo but i thought like that must be what's going on
1: that'd be sick if it was ezlo ezlo should be in this game maybe he is yeah, who knows maybe he is
0: <laughs> maybe a uh, like side of a mountain is named after him but it's edelzo elzo mountain side there's a
1: raru town ruins in breath of the wild does that mean it's named anyways <laughs> calm down i'm losing my mind here it's fine
0: you can play more after we finish the podcast i
1: know i'm very excited to do that
0: the um the voice oh you pick up the master sword and it's wrecked and it only has one power that's good also it plays the like this creepy version of the you got an item fanfare when you pick up the ruined master sword it's so good
1: does this solve the problem people had where now you just have a weapon permanently
0: um possibly i noticed that um i used the i used it it said that it ran out of power eventually i didn't try using it after oh i don't think it was in my inventory after that i haven't looked i've been using a lot of sticks so yeah i i got the impression that it was just a permanent terrible weapon but it did say that it ran out of power and it might have it might be the kind of thing where it's going to recharge into a one power thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad it's not um, dead.
1: I'm glad we're presumably going to fix it at some point.
0: Um, I hope we don't fix it and the series just stops having a Master Sword. That was the end of the Master Sword. Okay. The tears of the kingdom are the tears that the kingdom is shedding over the permanent death of the Master Sword. That would be interesting. I would be okay with that i would not be okay with that i think that's a stupid idea that i said as a joke
1: well i don't care it would be interesting and interesting is good at this point
0: um then you go through this cave and you pick up some basic pants but no shirt
1: right i was like where's the shouldn't there be a shirt here
0: no i'm I'm
1: glad you didn't find a shirt because i was gonna feel really foolish if you're like zach you didn't find the shirt
0: no there can't be a shirt because it's fan service and the game does a very good thing of teaching you to dive off of these little things, these little circles. They're like, Oh, I can dive here. Oh, I can dive here. And then you come to one, you, you exit the cave and you're outside and you're in the sky. And there's this circle that is, you know, is the circle that means you can dive here. And you're like, well, okay. (laughs) And link is dumb enough to just jump off this cliff Four hundred feet down into a pool of giant lily pads. He's cool with it because not even because Eslo told him to. He just is like, "Well, I'm. If there's nowhere else to go, then I'll, that's where I'll go." And you fall for a long time. And um, the title the logo comes of up. the game. The title comes up, and this is like this is where I stopped. I was like, "This is enough to talk about."
1: I, yeah. I wanted a little more.
0: Yeah, you you were weak. I was weak. No, I was a saint. What? Um, You were kind of weak because you said that you stopped here last night. Yeah. I was tired. I needed to sleep. Oh, well, way, okay. So you were stopping time. out of... Okay.
1: That was a... Anyway. Okay, this is a good... I have I, essentially watched the opening cutscene and now I'm going to fall asleep. And then okay. I will play a tiny bit. I needed to... I my logic is I needed to put hands on actually running around a little bit. Sure. Just to get a baseline and I did like a tiny bit of the next part. A tiny bit. So, a modicum bit.
0: You end up on the equivalent of the great plateau where you can pick up your first mushrooms and a stick and you can fight some basic enemies yeah. who suck. They they can't defeat me. They probably could, actually. Um, one of them took away, like, half of my health. Uh, and, but like, the other thing is... I think that this game is really... um, It's trying to speak to... Like, it, it is assuming, in a way that sequels don't always do, that you played the first game. It's It has a certain amount of tutorialization... But I think a a large contingent or a large percentage of the design philosophy is we don't have to act like this is your first Zelda game because it's a sequel to such a big game
1: yeah, there's there's still tutorial stuff there, but it is definitely a little more brief in some ways,
0: yeah, um, unless we're just gonna find out where we haven't found the rest of the stultifying tutorial stuff yet the um oh oh, you get the pura pad you get your nintendo switch (laughs) it's so a nintendo switch it's very funny um but like the way he holds it up like the when you see it um in like when they do it a a close-up on it i felt like they did a really good job of I was like, hey, the guy in the video game has a thing that I have. Um, it Kind of a childish, like, oh, it's it's the same toy I have. Um, and it looks really cool, and I think it's fantastic. Also, I was really itching to have the uh, Sheikah Slate equivalent for a while, because as soon as I got out of the... Um, Possibly even while I was in the ruins in the opening cutscene, I was like, I want to go into first person, I want to look at that thing, I want to look at that thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a dragon over there, can I look at the dragon, please?
1: The dragons yeah. are just chilling up here. Uh, That's exciting.
0: Uh, did you get a good look at the dragon?
1: Not especially.
0: It's not one of the dragons we know. Oh, for real? Yeah.
1: Oh, sick. Okay, cool.
0: Um. Oh, and then, I, yeah. I, I
1: have to ask, uh, I don't know the answer to this question. Uh, is definitely gonna be in this game. Is she still young, or is she a different age? Huh. What do they do with that character? I-I-I do not know. I have no idea.
0: That's interesting, because that could be a way to indicate how much time passed between the games. Uh-huh. Um, you kind of get the impression that this is what happened immediately after the end of Breath of the Wild. But it could be that it's been a year or three. Um, well, or
1: she, you know, did more inventing and is now extremely old or like... Oh, she
0: invented a way to make herself extremely old? What are you talking about?
1: Or like something. Like, I, I there's, you know, they have a model of Pura from like her youth from the Muso game. Yeah. Like, is is she going to be that Pura? Is she still just going to be young Pura doing the Genki thing?
0: If she's, but like, if if you if you use the model from that Age of Calamity, then you're saying that this game takes place what ten years after Breath of the Wild, assuming that this tiny Pura ages at a normal rate. I Animal. think we're going to see basic baby pure. Okay.
1: They should also age Robbie down then or do something fun with that.
0: Um no. Robbie's gonna be the same. Or dead. Yeah Robbie's dead. Well he put his consciousness into a Shika drone.
1: Oh he'd love that. Yeah. Okay. I we we needed and some And his wife is
0: like, oh now I'm married to a Sheikah drone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, needed some, we needed some dumb predictions, so thank you for indulging. Now, uh,
0: perfect. You scoot uh, ahead. You scoot ahead. Uh, th- the Great Plateau-ness kind of opens up, and there starts to be, like, you can find more ingredients, you can find stuff to cook with, you can find a wider variety of weapons. Let's say out loud that weapon durability is still in the game and never talk about it again. Fair enough. And uh, you approach the Temple of Time, which is not the Temple of Time that I remember from that other game.
1: Or the one from the other game.
0: Or, no, it is the one from, no, that one from that other game is that one from that other game, but this one from is not one that I've seen.
1: This is a new Temple of Time. I was trying to figure out, are we directly above uh, the Great Plateau at this point? It's hard to tell. And um, you can't see the surface very well. And I haven't tried to jump down there yet. I'm scared. We'll find
0: out. We'll, yeah. we'll That'll be cool to find out exactly what we're above. If the temples of time are right on top of each other. The world yeah. axis. Yeah. Um, You get up to the temple of time and you try to open it up. By the way, I think that the Zonai um, carvings... Are going to turn out to be a translatable alphabet like the Sheikah letters,
1: almost certainly.
0: So that's how I'll be spending a bunch of my time. <laughs> then, um, and you try to open it up with your dead hand, and uh, it doesn't work. And then a guy appears and he says, Hi, I'm the one who gave you that hand, and you can see it's his hand. He's a big Zoni guy, I assume he's a Zoni. I don't think. We've actually... No, yeah. Okay. Zelda told us that this is what Zonai's look like. Yeah. And he's Rauru, and his title is like Donator of the Hand or something? What is Yeah. I, I forget, but it's, it's... Yeah. It's very funny.
1: Uh, and this it guy... kind of
0: spoiled my prediction that he was, in fact, the Hand. Oh, I didn't... is a Hand, Uh, the way that Ezlo is a hat.
1: You know? I didn't know that that would have been a prediction. I apologize. But I needed... To go this far because otherwise, I was gonna be spending 45 minutes talking about how. Oh,
0: it's Ra Ru from green <laughs> of Time.
1: I mean, maybe it still is somehow, probably yeah. not, but like we don't know yet. I don't know. I we gotta start running into some other uh Zoni later on, and really, they're all named after like we're gonna run into Tingle the Zoni. <laughs> uh Um, yeah i I don't know know. that all just we already talked about that
0: so that's where my head's at it's something i've never considered actually when people one common like alternate hypothesis to taking the timeline seriously is to say that it's the legend of zelda and so each game that we play should be treated as a legendary document, and like the s- actual specifics should not be treated as historical facts, but like it's every it's every piece is like a like a half remembered uh, report from the past, right? I guess when so. I... That well, people do think that way, right? Have yeah. I represented that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay when the games refer to each other in this way it if if you carry that theory out then every game is like half remembering the other games and so they're all kind of canonical within themselves but f- like fuzzily referring to all the other ones that you know from any given point of view My where I'm standing is solid, but everywhere else is vague and interpretable. Um, which is a troubling way of viewing even a fictional universe.
1: I think that my the the trouble I have with viewing The Legend of Zelda in this particular like way is that there's no baseline, it's all if each one is individually a legend, there's no grounding to any of it, so it all feels really, like, built on uneven ground. Yeah. Like, when you look at real-world legends, there's always some kind of, like, baseline. There, there's at least a historical period you can look at and be mm-hmm. like, well, this was written during this time, and this, you know, was written from this perspective. This is a when you read a specific take on a legend you're reading like okay well this is a version of this legend that was written a thousand years later by this specific set of people that had this specific set of goals for writing this and because it's entirely within the framework of a fiction it gets really dodgy to try and interpret things like
0: that in my head um the the only way out for that way of looking at it is to treat the baseline or the like rigid reality as that of the developers making the game and that's a uh, not a very interesting way of looking at it because that's my reality it sucks <laughs>
1: yeah i mean maybe you know maybe they that could be ground that they forge with this game maybe right maybe they, they could do that at some point but also doing that at some point would also like they would have to go with that going forward right
0: I don't know. They It'd be like... they don't have to do anything. They can no, always they, change they... their mind about what like what they're even trying to do.
1: Yeah. Or they're going to just completely ignore this problem altogether and just make a fun video game and not think about it as hard as the fans are going to think about it.
0: Well, no, I don't think that will happen. Because to do that, they would have to make a fun video game. Burn notice. Dang. Dang podcast over mic drop um no we actually got a little further um because what did we do
1: oh he 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 raru sends you to a shrine and i said you should probably just go do that shrine just because it's fun to do a shrine
0: yeah this was another place this was when we were in communication while i was playing and i really thought that him saying okay go play a shrine go do a shrine Uh, play a shrine uh that must have been when you stopped and you were like no i did that shrine and i said okay i'll do a shrine i went over and did the shrine i I wanted to oh
1: this means that several years from now i get to uh create another compilation podcast of me saying the name of every shrine so here we go inaugural entry uko shrine
0: good job i'm very excited I was careful not to talk over you at that point i appreciate it um and in the shine you use the ultra hand
1: yeah that whatever you name a thing first is the name that's gonna stick there's no such thing as a work in progress name
0: you know the ultra hand though right
1: yeah and they were absolutely like, okay, we have to name it. Th- we're just going to start calling it the Ultra Hand. And like, are we going to come up with another name for this? And it's like, no, really not. It's just going to be the Ultra Hand. We can't call okay. it anything else.
0: Some of our listeners might not know what the Ultra Hand is, though, right? Uh, that's probably true. Uh, I it's going it to be hard to Google now. Yeah, for real. I only know it because of Warrior Um, I only... I remember... That, like, there was a Club Nintendo um, exclusive for, like, I want to say the Game Boy Advance called Grill-Off with Ultra Hand. Ultra Hand is, it was a physical toy, right?
1: Yeah, Nintendo, uh, I was going to say was, but is fundamentally a toy company. And (laughs) prior to video games, made a bunch of goofy toys in Japan, and one of them was, like, an Extendo Grabo thing.
0: Like in a cartoon, like a hand with the accordioning arm that stretches yeah. out. And it was called the Ultra Hand. And now Ultra Hand is the name of the zombie hand attached to Link that allows him to manipulate objects at a distance. And also stick them together with, what were we calling it on Google Chat?
1: Oh, I don't Magic remember.
0: glue or something? It's
1: It's basically glue... The goop
0: and this is what we're going to do all the time in this game is glue things together
1: yeah i only used it in this shrine and i haven't played with it yet so i know that that's like it they give it to you first because that's the that is the game kind of yeah. from some, to some extent at this point so um and then i exit and well having only done one shrine i wasn't it's hard to get a read on how those are going to go. So, I'm not going to try and speculate even.
0: I I'm going to predict that in the other two shrines we get two more powers. Probably. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Are there um, three more powers? There's two more shrines. Okay. The there's slots in the um in the like hand interface for like five or six more powers i don't know
1: like a camera and an amiibo and master cycle oh yeah master cycle
0: zero plus
1: master cycle is not in this game there's no way right it could be a flying motorcycle but you get to build that i'm gonna build my own motorcycle and it's gonna have a jet on it okay assuming there's jets i think there. i don't know if there's jets or not probably
0: I don't know. I'm going to make yeah. a prediction. There are jets.
1: All right. I'm going to strap it to a chair and I'm going to have a great time.
0: Okay. Uh, that's kind of all I have. Yeah, I, I. It's like fun. It's,
1: I, I can see some of the shape of the game to come. I am extremely excited to get to the surface. Yeah, that's uh, going to be cool. I need to know what's down there. I need to go. Like, I'm going to do the same thing I did when I played the game, the first game where I spend the first 20 hours just exploring the world and not accomplishing anything.
0: Um, do we want to, do we want to talk about whether we're going to do any more of these podcasts?
1: I had just assumed that we would just touch base after we both beat the game. That's like, not, yeah, if we try to sync up too much more, we're going to both go crazy.
0: Yeah. I think Like I, I was kind of vaguely thinking that we would like possibly do like a little while later a little while later but uh, trying not to spoil each other would be maddening so we would be
1: yeah we would be tripping over stuff i think i mean unless unless we both hit a point sometime next week where we're both feeling pretty good i don't know we'll see how much i actually play this weekend i've got intentions to play a lot but i don't know we'll see i'm old I'm not old Ryan Veter is still young